Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am in. Welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, and our show today is the business talk show. Mr. Alcini has the day off today, so I'm excited to welcome our guest. She's joining us from Florida, and for all of you business owners out there, I'm a business owner too, and we don't know everything about how to keep our business safe, how to keep ourselves protected. We're going to find out today. So let us welcome my guest. Her name is Amira Irfan, and she's joining us from Florida. Hello. Hi, Dr. Jacqueline. I'm so excited to be here. How are you today? I'm very excited to meet you and hear what you have to share, because as I mentioned, as a business owner, we can't possibly know everything. Our head's down. We have all these different hats we're wearing. In the meantime, we may not be protecting ourselves in our business appropriately. So before we get into the topic of the day, I'd love to spotlight you and just share with our audience a little bit about your background and your title, a self guru. What does this mean? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Amira Irfan. I am the business lawyer, blogger, and coach over at eselfgrew.com, where I help entrepreneurs legally protect their business and also make money online. The title eselfgrew comes from because there's a lot of different things that I've learned in my life all by myself. So that's where the eselfgrew comes from. And uh, I've had the honor in the last 10 years helping more than 50,000 entrepreneurs feel secure and safe about their businesses, whether it's working one-on-one with me or whether it's just uh, downloading one of my legal templates. But my goal and my mission is to help a million more people. Wow, that's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. That's a, that must just feel so good to know how many people you've helped. And when we get into it, an issue in business, it can be quite expensive, can't it be? Absolutely. I mean, even hiring a lawyer is expensive, right? So uh, legal costs are and not just expensive, but they're also long lasting. I know this from firsthand because unfortunately, before I became a lawyer, I watched my own dad get sued for $90,000 and it was a massive lawsuit. We didn't see it coming. And I'll, we'll go into the details on which contract that he didn't use that actually resulted in this lawsuit. But that's why I'm so passionate about helping entrepreneurs, because I have experienced the setback and the nightmare firsthand. And that's the reason I became a lawyer. And I just want to I always wondered, like, how many business owners out there make the mistakes intentionally or unintentionally. And legal side, unfortunately, is something that always gets on the back burner. Right. So we're so busy, as you mentioned, as entrepreneurs. I'm an entrepreneur myself and a lawyer. So I can totally relate to the fact that how we have to wear multiple hats and sometimes the legal aspects get neglected, but it shouldn't because it really is that foundation that holds your business together. I agree with you totally. And I'm excited to hear about these six contracts that we need to know about. So tell us more. 
Yeah. So there, you know, when you're starting your online business, no matter what kind of business you have, and this is going to uh, resonate with so many people, because if you have a website or you have an online business or even an offline business, uh, you, there are certain contracts that are really needed to make sure that you're doing things correctly, make sure that you're protecting yourself, limiting your legal liability. And the very first one is what's called a privacy policy. It's actually a legal document more than a contract, but it, it falls into the same category because you need to post it on your website. And the whole purpose behind it is that it informs the people that are visiting your site, accessing your site, what information you're collecting from them, how you're going to use their information. So it's really important to make sure that you have a proper privacy policy out there and there are serious fines and, uh, you know, legal issues that would come up if you don't have one because there are different privacy laws out there not just in the u.s but outside of the u.s as well so this is the first contract that you should absolutely or the legal document that you should put in the footer section of your site to make sure that you're compliant and to make sure that you're protected okay and so this is on our website at the bottom what should yes it, what should it read so we're aware of it so it should be titled privacy policy and it should be in the footer section of your website. And then the privacy policy is a lot of legal stuff that you have to inform people about, as I mentioned, like what information you're collecting, how you're going to use the information. You have to ensure your compliance with the different laws out there. I'm sure you may have heard about GDPR or the California privacy law. So the different laws that you have to uh, demonstrate your compliance with and you include those legal provisions and all of that in your privacy policy. Thank you. So if we see a pop about accepting cookies, is that related to the privacy policy or they're separate? Yes. So a pop-up is actually has to do with the cookie law out there. And so that is something that is related. You also need a cookie policy in your privacy policy. So when you have a lawyer write it for you or you have a lawyer uh, template that, you know, whichever one option you go with, this is how you kind of ensure that all of that stuff is in the policy. So it's comprehensive. So yes, you do need a cookie policy um, as included in your privacy policy. Thank you, that's very helpful. So how many of you out there have this privacy policy? We'd love to hear from you, whether you're listening, well, if you're listening, we can't hear you. If you're watching, we'd love to have you type in your comments. Okay, let's go on to the second one. So the second one is near and dear to my heart because this is the contract that I wish my dad had. And when he was working on his business and he was hiring a freelancer to help him out with growing the business. And so many of us, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Dr. Jacqueline, you've hired people in your business, not just employees, but you know, independent contractors, freelancers, right? So um, when you are working with people, you wanna make sure that you always have a contract in place. If you're going to hire employees, you need an employee agreement. But if you are like most of us, small business owners, we tend to hire independent contractors or freelancers, whether it's a virtual assistant, uh, whether it's a graphic designer, whether it's an SEO editor, anyone, right? Or a website designer, you always wanna make sure that you have this agreement in place. It's called an independent contractor agreement or a freelance contract. They're just different names referring to the same document. And the reason you need it is to make sure that you include the scope of work, the payment terms, and the fact that 
this person is not your employee, that's really important for legal purposes. Because in my dad's case, because he didn't have a contract in place, this person alleged that he was an employee, so not an independent contractor, and the lawsuit ended up lasting an entire year, and there was a lot of back and forth going on. And you want to, that's why it's so important because as an employee, you have different legal rights and as an independent contractor, um, you know, you have different rights. So that if you are a client and you're the owner and hiring this person, that's why you want to make sure that your contract is clear about all of these expectations. And also like it shifts your legal liability from you to the other person. So this way they can't come after you later on for any kind of legal damages. Thank you. And I'd like to just add on to that. Many times when we start our business and we're working with independent contractors, they could be someone we've known or someone we've done yes. business with in another life. And we feel very comfortable with the person and, oh, I don't need the contract. And then something happens and we're no longer friends and someone's yeah. suing someone. Well, that's exactly what happened. It's funny you say that because that's exactly what happened with my dad's friend and he was a friend. And then, you know, you never expect that from a friend, right? Someone that you trust, but businesses, I always say don't mix personal with business, right? So um, you sometimes learn the hard way that not everybody, not everyone is trustworthy. Not everyone has your best interest. So at the end of the day, uh, you really have the obligation and responsibility to protect yourself, your family, your business, because unfortunately, when you do get sued, it's not just you who suffers, right? Your whole family suffers with you. So I always like to point that out because sometimes people don't realize how devastating that experience is until you face a legal battle. Very true. Thanks for sharing that. And, and I'd also like to comment that many times we become emotionally engaged in our business and also with the people we work with. And I have, I'm definitely guilty of this. And I found you have to take a step back because you are running a business and there are legalities that you're responsible for. And when it comes push to shove, people are going to hold you accountable. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the third one. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> so the third one is the contract that often gets overlooked and a lot of us are guilty of that. And that one has to do with protecting your business secrets and information. So it's called a confidentiality agreement and I'm sure people have heard of it as a non-disclosure agreement. So these are two terms referring to the same uh, type of contract. And there are a few reasons that it's really, really important to have one in place. Uh, first of all, to protect your business sensitive information, your trade secrets. I'll give you an example. You know, whenever I hire even a virtual assistant to help me out and I'm giving he or she access to the back end of my business, whether it's my email, whether it's my email marketing, my website, you know, there's a lot of sensitive data there, right? That I am now giving access to this person and I have no idea what they would do with that information, whether they would share it with a competitor or whether they would learn my you know, secret sauce and go ahead and try to replicate that in their business. There's a lot of risk involved if you don't use this agreement. So that's why you want to avoid those you know, repercussions and you want to, and also it just builds trust, right? Because by having this agreement in place, you can sleep peacefully at night that, hey, I'm sharing a lot of sensitive information, personal information, but at least I know that it will not be misused. And God forbid, if it does, you have a leg to stand on, 
right? You can take legal action for breach of contract and things like that. But without that contract in place, you're really out of luck. Another great point that you just made there. Uh, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and have more fabulous information that you're sharing. And I would love for our audience to get engaged. I always say this, then later people will post things. But if you're actually watching live on any of the platforms and you're a business owner, it's okay. We'd like to hear from you. So we'll take a quick break. And actually what we're going to take a look at now is something that I just finished working on uh, producing. It's for a new course that I'm offering with Madeline Chan, and it's available to anyone and everyone. And it's about the power of listening in and through plants. So let's take a quick look and then we'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to a new course created by Madeline Chan. This is the latest in our series of courses for the power of listening. This course title is The Power of Listening in and Through Nature. And Madeline Chan and I will guide you on a journey to take you back to get in touch with nature. Now, this is not like any course you've taken before. You will actually be required to bring a few items to this course and you will create a sacred shrine in addition to learning how to communicate and be one with your plant. So let's talk about the materials that you need. You need a plant pot, seeds, soil, and some water. And for the shrine, and Madeline will go into more details. This is not a religious shrine. You want to collect items that are small, that have meaning to you. So we definitely suggest you bring some crystals, you bring some shells, some rocks, maybe a, a few personal items. The key takeaways are several. So you will actually feel that uplifting sense of connecting with your plants and also connecting with the energy that you are creating by building your shrine. There is a meditation that you'll be able to participate in, http colon forward slash forward slash drjacqueline.thinkific. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you there. Let's welcome internationally award-winning singer, songwriter, author, producer, vocal coach, and a woman who has an incredible heart. She lifts up everyone with her positive energy and her high vibrations, and I've learned so much from her. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, it grounds us. It makes us feel really relaxed. And also, we're going to look at shrines. This is our inner child essence. Building shrines um, makes you come away from the outer world and go into a magical world, your own fantasy world. And you can have shells on there, crystals if you're into crystals, rocks. You can have feathers. Feathers is representation of angels little baby feathers, long feathers, long peacock feathers. Um, you can have 
anything, anything that makes your heart sing. This is your time with Mother Nature. And also what we're going to do is um, do a lovely meditation at the end so that we can um, connect with the Earth's crystalline energies and connect our heart, our authentic, true, sacred heart, our state of perfection and connect and uplift and open up our hearts and connect to Mother Earth's healing energies. So join us. Join us, join myself and Dr. Jacqueline for listening through plants where we're building shrines and we're going to connect with plants by planting the plants, feeling the plants, respecting and loving the plant and nature. Thank you. And welcome back to USA Global TV and Radio. Our show again today is the business talk show. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck and Al Sini has the day off. Let's welcome back our special guest who's sharing with us, especially business owners out there, six contracts that you must have that can really break or make your future. She's joining us from Florida. Back again is Amira Irfan. Welcome. Thank you. Bye. So you were sharing three of the contracts already. And for people just joining, could you just quickly recap those? Absolutely. So the first one we talked about was the privacy policy. It's actually legally required to have on your website. The second one that we talked about was the freelance or the independent contractor agreement. This is the one that you use to hire you know freelancers in your business or if you are a freelancer yourself then you use this contract to offer your uh, services to clients the third one that is really the important one that gets overlooked is the confidentiality agreement it's also known as a non-disclosure agreement this one is needed to protect your business secret information, your secret sauce, and your basically your confidential business sensitive information. All right, how about number four? So moving on to the number four is, it's called a partnership agreement. You need that anytime you're going to have a business partner. So a lot of us, you know, some of us have uh, worked solo in our businesses, but others, you know, have one or more people working together to create the business or to grow the business. And whenever you have a business partner, you always want to make sure that you have a partnership agreement because unfortunately this is an area that gets really ugly fast. And I know so many horror stories of so many different clients that have gone into business together, but they didn't have a contract in place. And then later on, 
they were fighting each other as to how much time one of the partners was contributing, but the other one wasn't, or how much money the partner owed because they brought this much capital to the table, but the other one didn't. So, or just over like how the business should be running or structured. So it's really important to have this agreement in place from the very beginning so that you can include important things like, you know, what's the partnership structure looks like, who's going to do what you can allocate the responsibilities of each partner. You can also describe the financial arrangements of the partnership, right? That who's going to receive how much money and then also termination process. Like let's say, you and I are partnered together, then I want to be able to get out. The contract should be able to spell out the terms related to that, that how can I terminate my partnership and give you the rest, uh, you know, or have someone else. So there are all these important things that you should include in the agreement. So this way, if God forbid something does go south, you at least have that agreement to guide both parties. And that way you can amicably resolve the legal issues with instead of having to go to court. Thank you for sharing that. And as the business starts to grow and thrive and really take off, and there are things that come up that we hadn't even thought about, can we include them in an addendum or some other document? Or do we have to redo the whole partnership agreement? No, that's a great point that you brought up. You can totally do the addendum and you don't, you know, you have the original agreement. Addendum is an extension of the agreement. So you can continue adding more and more stuff. As long as both parties have agreed to it and they've signed it, you're good. Okay. That sounds like good advice, good direction. And I think also we need to choose our partners wisely. And to yes. your point earlier about Sometimes we really like someone and we're good friends with someone, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be good partners together. Yes. Business and personal, right? That same point. And it happens all the time. You know, you go into partnerships with family members, you go into partnerships with friends and you think it's, you're going to work together and you might have a great friendship, but doesn't mean financially or business wise, you both are on the same caliber. You know, one could think one way and the other one is thinking another way. And a lot of disputes we see um, from a legal standpoint happen based on who's doing what, you know, and, and the financial aspects of it. Or a lot of times, like recently, actually, I was working on drafting a uh, reviewing and then adding some more provisions into the partnership agreement for a client because she didn't have a good comprehensive uh, agreement in place. But her dispute was that I've been working for the last six months completely by myself on this business and doing my best to grow and my partner is just doing the bare minimum you know and so she was very frustrated and she wanted to kick the partner out but you know um then she was also trying to have a mediation and work with her but so these are some of the things that you can easily avoid if she did have a good contract in place she didn't she just had a bare bones agreement that really didn't help her and so after working with me, we were able to uh, solidify the contract and put both parties on the table and make sure that, you know, they could work together if they wanted to, or if not, then these are the ways that they could terminate the partnership. Excellent. And in your experience as a lawyer working with people, have you been able to see when there's an issue from the beginning and it's, oh, maybe these two aren't going to be good together. And if so, what's happened? Yeah, I mean, we have, we, we've seen so many different things like siblings, right? And it, this happens a lot with siblings, a lot with family members, friends, 
it's just that one person usually like you said um you know you might be great friends but you don't have meeting of the minds what we say in the law right like you guys are not both on the same page one person may have a different marketing plan one person may be more inclined to spend money on certain things in the business while the other one isn't comfortable with that idea and they're cringing on that so there're different uh you know issues that come up and that's why it's so important to before you do the partnership you should have a business plan so that both parties can sit down and really think through take the time to brainstorm and then come back to the table and decide if it really makes sense to do this and even then there's no guarantee because people change right we've seen that in life um you know one person could promise one thing and then a couple of years later they may not live up to that promise right so it 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 just happens and it's unfortunate but that's why a communication is the key and what i found a lot of times is that communication breaks and that's kind of what happened with the last client example that i gave um for 6 months she's been miserable and just working on this business all by herself because the communication channels have broken now you know so she needed a third party to intervene to kind of uh communicate and reopen those channels so that at least there could be a, some resolution to the partnership and i imagine in situations like that as a business owner you're juggling balls you have so much on your plate and now you have to deal with this it's the elephant yes. in the room and it sucks your emotions out of you and now the person you were trusting and working with now you're at odds and who needs it so let's be proactive from the beginning yeah it's very stressful you know you're right yeah okay these are great tips that you're giving all right what else So the number 5, now we're on number 5 and this one is going to pertain to this is going to be a helpful contract that's going to work for every business owner. So I'm sure that you know in your business you always you at some point at some point in your business you want to be able to use someone's photo, someone's video, someone's audio like in my case I'm on your show and I know that before I got on your show you had the legal statements that you I give you the permission to be able to use my name my likeness and things like that. So every business owner is going to be needing this kind of protection at some point where they want to be able to use another person's photo, video, audio, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a video interview or just a photo. In that case you need what's called a media release agreement. So you need some sort of a release. It's basically to limit your legal liability and to get the legal permission to be able to use someone else's personal property like that. and not to run into um you know issues like owing them compensation because I'll give you another recent example sorry for the, all the horror stories but there was someone um a client that we helped settle a case for where she just took an image from Google and it was totally unintentional she didn't know any better and she just took the picture and she put it on her blog and she thought that okay it was okay to do that but then she got a cease and desist letter and then it got into a massive legal issue and she ended up owing $8000 just for taking that one photo so never ever take someone's photos someone's information or content without permission it's always always a wise idea to have this agreement in place put put it as part of your terms and conditions have some way of having it on your site So this way you can uh legally use other people's stuff and not end up owing them compensation. Does it make sense? 
Yes, that is a big one. And uh, thanks for sharing that. I have a couple of comments. So the first one is, I'm so glad that you mentioned about the terms and conditions on my websites, because I am adamant that no one can be on this platform unless they book themselves in. And I had heard stories of other people booking for people. And as soon as I heard that, I said, yep. you don't have the right to do that. You can't book for someone else and accept the terms and conditions. And I think that's really important. And then to your other point about the image, I've also heard horror stories where someone went to a number, there's a number of these sites where you can download images. Yes. And I always sign up for the subscription to be safe. Well, there's apparently some free downloads and this person downloaded the one and got the letter yeah. and yep. uh, had to pay. Yeah, unfortunately. And even with the free, I mean, there are some copyright free image websites, but even with those, you always want to read the intellectual property terms to be sure, right? And like you said, the safer option is the subscription one, or if you are going to go with the copyright free uh, websites like Unsplash, Pixabay, once again, always read the terms to make sure that you are protected because at the end of the day, you are taking a legal risk and, and uh, the cost is pretty big. You know, like I that one example I gave, I mean, it was on a small amount for just one image, you know, $8,000. Do they, whomever they are, do they bill per instance of where the image is seen or how many times it's it's downloaded? How does that work? So it really depends on the lawyer, right? Uh, because under copyright law, you are entitled to legal damages. There are statutory damages amounts. And so different amounts that they, they can allege for in court. And then it's the judge that awards it, right? But a lot of these cases get settled outside of court. And so this is the settlement amount that I'm referring to, the 8,000. The initial claim was like 15,000. So ended up coming down to 8,000. But it really depends on the lawyer on the other side. And there are lawyers out there that who their sole purpose is doing this. Like they're literally just sending these letters and and uh, making money for their clients. It's unfortunate, but that's all they're doing all day long. So you should always be very careful because if you get into that kind of a legal trouble. Very interesting. A little off topic, but uh, yeah, hopefully we can just so. Uh, Something happened to me, which is I had a program by a certain name and I actually filed for a trademark and yeah. I was in the process of getting it approved through the system. And I got a letter from an attorney that his client had a name that was similar. It was not the same, but it was similar. And they've been in business for a long time. So I just thought to myself, I'll just change the name. But I yeah. was also upset that I paid the money to go through the trademark process. And of course you can't get that back, but I thought, no. well, I don't want an issue with these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a totally trademark infringement issue. Now, when you filed for the trademark, did you hire a lawyer to do this or did you do it yourself? I went through a company that is okay. an online company. Okay. The reason I asked is that because if you had done, if there was a lawyer involved, I, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of every lawyer, but a good lawyer should have done a comprehensive search to make sure that you, there are, if there is a similar name out there, at least not in your specific business category, because you know the, you we check for all of those things. Um, two names can clearly coexist. I mean, we've seen examples like the Dove Chocolate, the Dove Soap, but because they're in totally different industry, the standard is that it doesn't cause any confusion to the consumer. 
So someone like you and me, we know that this is Dove chocolate. We know this is Dove soap. So there's absolutely no, uh, you know, existence together in the same industry. They're, they're not competing for the same people. So then those two names and businesses can exist. But if it's like someone in, you know, who had, filed your paperwork if they had done the research they always we always search for similar names we search for the exact name so we try to make sure that we warn the person that hey this is not a good idea because you could run into you know a legal issue and infringement issue with stuff like that so you know yeah unfortunately trademark infringement is also costly so um, a lot of times, you know, you get lucky and you can negotiate, but sometimes you, you know, you do have to end up paying money and also changing your whole brand, right? Your whole name and your website and all of that stuff. And are there people who spend their time looking for things like this? I mean, the big companies have in-house lawyers, right? So um, yes, they're in there could be there could be lawyers just like for copyright infringements trademark infringements too but for the most part what happens is that the big companies they usually have lawyers in-house right so whenever um they feel that there's a threat to their business and there's this other business now trying to steal their uh you know consumer or they get into their market then yes they would send those letters and it's pretty easy for them to do that because like i said they have lawyers in-house doing it for them Fascinating. Thank you. And just one more quick digression. Yeah. Uh, the, the question I have is we have 26 shows a week on average. And for a while, I would say for two months in a row, almost every day I was getting something from one of the platforms that there was a copyright infringement from some music that was played and some shows there was no music played. And when I say music, like the intro that we start with, or a sponsorship, uh-huh. not a music video. And so I would just submit a dispute for every single one of them. And it was the same company over and over again. So I researched yeah. them and I found the owner and I reached out to him and I said, I don't know if this is done by artificial intelligence, but it's a big waste of your time and my time because I have to continuously dispute it. And he didn't know anything about it. And then mysteriously it stopped. So how huh. does that work on social media? Yeah, I mean, he. I don't know. I can't imagine like how he didn't know about it, but if it was the the company that was bringing all these. Uh, so how was it like on social media now on, for example, YouTube and a lot of these places, they won't even let you put the video or anything if they will do the search for, you know, on their own to see if there's any copyright violation. But is was this through an actual third party that was reaching out to you with all these violations or how was it happening or was it the platform itself? So it was the platform itself. Let's say it was Facebook. And one thing that I'll get on a regular basis is that your video was muted for five seconds in 72 countries because someone has claimed copyright. So uh, I don't know what five seconds could possibly be when you yeah. think about this show. So I did a test and I just live streamed with just myself, nothing else no one else. And so I still got the five seconds being disputed. So I thought something's <laughs> up with this. Yeah, I think there was, must have been a glitch or something like where your name or your profile came into the system, right? And then uh, because it was Facebook and Facebook is notorious for all these kinds of issues that come up once they have your account flagged, then it's kind of hard to get out of there. But or this particular company that was alleging the violation, maybe they did have some genuine cases where their uh, stuff was stolen and they had filed the claim with Facebook 
And then Facebook then uh, later on was making sure that wherever they felt like there was this incident that they were flagging. So yes, it's very much possible that that could have been the case, but you know, I, I don't see it happening all the time, but yeah, it does happen. All right, I appreciate that. What else do we need to know? So the last uh, contract, and this one is absolutely essential if you have uh, customers or, your, or if you have clients, and this one is called terms and conditions. So remember in the beginning, I mentioned that you have to have a privacy policy, it's legally required in the footer section of your site. This is the now another uh, document or contract that you should have in the footer section of your website. It's called terms and conditions. It's a legally binded con binding contract between you and the people that purchase from you or the people that visit your site or your products or whatever it is, whatever it may be. Um, this governs the relationship between you and your uh, visitors and your customers. And it also uh, protects you because it protects your intellectual property. You can put your, you know, how you want your images, your videos, or your content to be able to, to be able to be used by others. You can put all of that stuff. You can outline everything in your terms and conditions. And it's also a great way to build trust and relationship with your customers because it makes it very clear to them what they can and cannot do with your content, how uh, if they purchase something from you, like a course, then it's really important to have terms and conditions because this way you avoid customer disputes like refund request, or if you have an exchange policy, return policy, you need to clarify and specify all of that in the terms and conditions. And it happens all the time where someone doesn't have terms and conditions and then they end up having to refund the entire thing and they have no leg to stand on. And as a matter of fact, it happened to a coach recently where she, I know someone, she had a $2,000 uh, coaching thing that she was doing for her client and she was doing it for a month. She didn't have terms and conditions. Once again, it was a friend. And then the friend just asked, uh, disputed everything in PayPal and asked for the, uh, the full refund. And she had to basically issue the $2,000 back. So she lost that time, that money, and she was so frustrated. And the first question I asked her was, did you have terms and conditions? <laughs> you know, was it ever accepted? So it's not enough that you have terms and conditions. You also need a way to get that click to accept thing, you know, so when at the time of purchase, someone is buying from you, whether it's a course or a digital product or even a service, in this case, you want to make sure that you get the customer to give you the consent, the acceptance of those terms and conditions in order for them to be legally bound by them. And this way, if there is a situation like this where there's a dispute filed, at least your terms and conditions will work in your favor and they will protect you. And you have a much bigger likelihood of uh, winning the dispute versus um, in a situation that I just gave an example of where if you don't have any, you will lose that money. And do you actually work with business owners and, and evaluate their websites and what yes. needs to yeah, great question. So I there's two ways to work with me. One is to work with me one on one where I can do a website legal audit. So if you visit the work with me page on my site, you will see there's a service which is a website legal audit where I review everything. Your, you know, all the three legal pages that you should have on your site as well as the from a legal standpoint, what are some of the things that are missing? Like if you, you know, affiliate disclosure, sponsorships, if whatever you're doing, I review your whole site and give you the uh, things that you need to fix, or if there's a language that's needed, I give you that. 
And the other thing is if you need a contract, like a custom tailored contract to your specific business, your specific needs, you can also hire me for that as well. Um, I also do legal business coaching. So sometimes, and this happens all the time in my Facebook group too, people have so many questions and they don't feel comfortable asking openly, right? So they would set up a call with me and we would have a private session and I everything is confidential and I will you discuss and I will give them the legal help or the business help that they need. So these are some of the ways to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And the second way is to be able to get uh, I have a legal store where you can download tons and tons of legal templates for everything like the privacy policy. All the contracts we talked about, they're available in my legal store. You can instantly download them without having to pay, without having to hire me or any other lawyer and paying thousands of dollars. You would just save so much time and money because all these templates are very reasonably priced. And that's another way to uh, get the same level of legal protection without the hefty cost. This has been such a fascinating interview. I really appreciate it. And I definitely want to have you back to discuss some of these other topics. So please let our audience know how do they get in touch with you and who would you like to contact you? Absolutely. So the easiest way to get in touch with me is in my Facebook group. It's just, uh, it's named after my website. So it's a self group biz blog community. You can have direct access to me, or you could send us an email at support at aselfgroup.com. Or you could, uh, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel because my goal this year is also to create more helpful videos on these legal topics. Because over the years, you know, all the questions that I've gotten from customers and clients, I, I like to be able to help a lot for free. And I do all of that on my YouTube channel. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to connect with you and your group and I'm going to go to your website also and set up some time to chat with you. Can I do that there? Absolutely. Yeah. Just uh, visit the work with me page to work with me one on one or the legal store page if you just want the legal templates or the bundles and you just want to download them and be done with it, then that's an option, too. So you have both options. All right. Well, thank you. I will be in touch with you. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks again. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you to each and every one of you who are watching our show, whether it's on the live or the replay or you're listening or you're taking us in as a podcast. We really do appreciate it. Our goal here is to bring education, entertainment, hope and inspiration. And I hope you are taking that away from this show as well as many others. Please do reach out to our guests. Please reach out to our team members here. Everyone wants to help. I think that's so important as we're going through all these different issues in the world that we lift each other up and we realize there's a lot more than just us as individuals. All right, we're going to sign off for our next show. It's called Wild at Heart Bonfire Talks, a show for men by men about men. It's a panel show followed by our women's show at four o'clock and then we'll be wrapping up for today. So thank you again for being here and I look forward to seeing you. You can stay wherever you are if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, please do subscribe. I've been saying this. I don't understand it. It's the only channel where we can get some metrics. The other is I don't have the numbers, but it's typically 90% and above male. Men are watching us. Where are the women on YouTube? Are you there? I'm sure you're there. Can you just subscribe and be counted? All right. Thank you again. We'll see you shortly.